Praise God, praise God, Pastor Mike here. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Honor your right to prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, O oh Lord God, we thank you so much for this time that we're about to have with you, O oh Lord. Pray in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh Lord God, that Holy Spirit will minister to every single listener that is out there today, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Open our minds, open our eyes and hearts and ears that we may receive your word today and understand your words today as we go forth in this life, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. We praise you, Lord God, we magnify thy name. Lord, I give this time and this space entirely over to you, Heavenly Father. Take it where you will, for your honor and your glory and your praise. Amen. Amen. Praise God again. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Glad you could join us here today. Uh, if you don't have your Bible, why don't you hit pause, run and get your Bible, and maybe a pencil or a piece of paper to write on and so forth. Take notes as the Holy Spirit so guides, uh, so you can go back for future reference. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, today I want to talk a little bit about spiritual warfare. Uh, last week... Uh, we heard about the weapons and the armor of God and so forth and the spiritual battles that we're in. And and uh, just want to remind you that the spiritual warfare is indeed real. Okay, it's real. Uh, it's an ongoing thing. And we Christians, we are in the midst of it. Uh, mankind is in the midst of it. Uh, you know, even those that are not, not Christians, they may not realize it, but they are in the middle of a spiritual war. And we as Christians want to make sure that we are ahead of the curve, you know, that we can be victorious in every single one of these spiritual battles that we encounter in our lives. You know, and trust me, trust me, saint of God, uh, you will experience a physical battle if you haven't already, a spiritual battle if you haven't already. Amen. Um, the war, the spiritual war, spiritual battle actually began when Lucifer was cast down from heaven. Uh, it, it continued on when he entered into the Garden of Eden. It continued on when Jesus was in the wilderness there, when he tried to tempt Jesus Christ three times. And we, we remember the events there. While Jesus was, he was human and therefore he was hungry and tired, Jesus did not use a physical weapon. He didn't use a sword or a spear to overcome that spiritual enemy called Satan. Okay, He used the word of God. Jesus constantly said, repeatedly said, it is written. And we see that in Luke chapter 4, verses 8, 4, 4 8, and 12. He said, it is written. Every time Satan tried to tempt him with, with an with a untruth, with a half-truth, you know. And this reminds us that spiritual warfare is waged in one with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And we saw that in Ephesians 6. Amen. That's how it's won. Okay. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. And that's what Jesus used to overcome Satan in the wilderness. Okay. Now, wielding the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, safely and effectively involves our learning to handle the Word of Truth correctly. Okay, We must learn to use God's words correctly so that Satan may not distort it, as he did with Eve in the garden when he said, Oh, you shall not surely die. Will you surely die? Or when he said to Jesus, tried to quote to Jesus, uh, Psalm 91, he misquoted and perverted that. So we need to make sure that we know what the Word of God says and what it really means because that is a very, very, very powerful weapon that God has given us. Jesus' victory over Satan in the wilderness did not mean there would be no more temptations or attacks. Okay? It did not mean that when he finally left Jesus, it did not mean that there would be no more uh, uh, attacks or temptations in our lives for us. The temptation of Jesus was not a once and for all encounter. 
Satan's departure was only temporary. The scripture says he departed from him for a season. That's in Luke 4, verse 13. Okay? After Jesus hit him that, with that third challenge and, and hit him with that third response and whatnot, it says that, gee, that Satan departed for a season. Okay? That means that there, there was going to be a return. It was not over. But there in the desert, the battle was lines were drawn. Okay, the encounter between Satan and Jesus. That's where the battle lines were drawn. Jesus had declared his intent to live life according to God's will and dedicated himself to living life God's way. Okay, do we declare that for ourselves? Do, have you declared that? That you're going to live life according to God's will and live life according to God's will? Do we dedicate ourselves the way Jesus did, you know? To not let himself be tempted away and, and just give in and follow what Satan is telling him to do. We must make sure we don't do that ourselves in our lives, okay? And as we saw from last week's sermon, God gave us the weapons of spiritual warfare to withstand Satan's most devastating assaults and coming out winners. We need to make sure that we come out winners. The word of God says, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Okay, that's Ephesians 6.13. How do we do this standing? How do we make sure that our feet are firmly planted? How do we continue on in this life, in these spiritual battles? As the Apostle Paul admonished us, we must arm ourselves with God's armor. Now, understand something. Satan is clever. He's subtle. He can be cruel, and he can certainly be relentless. He does not give up. Satan is a foe who works through attitudes of doubt and negativism. He attacks swiftly and at the most unexpected moment, precisely like the serpent, as he is called. He doesn't always come on in a predictable manner. Just when you think that everything is going right and fine in your life, boom, something will pop up where that's a dart, a fiery dart that Satan has fired into your life. He will exploit and intensely uh, intensify every single negative excuse, every compromise that we make, and every devious thought that enters into our carnal minds. Okay, he seizes on those thoughts. He seizes on our attitudes, our negative attitudes especially. He seizes on those attitudes to intensify them so that he can work his, work his plan on, in our lives. Okay? Now, never underestimate our adversary. Okay? We need to know our adversary. We need to know our enemy, but never underestimate him. 1 Peter 5, 8 says to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Okay, so we can't underestimate it. We need to be on our guard at all times. We need to make sure that we're prayed up in the spirit, that we know the word of God, that we're reading the word of God. Okay, because he's out there walking about, looking for that weak moment, looking for that weak person out there that he can seize upon. Okay, but now the same way that I says we, we say we shouldn't underestimate him, we also should not overestimate him. Okay, okay, let's not overestimate him. Okay, God knows that we're in this battle. God knows. He didn't place us here and just let us to just wander around, you know, you know, helpless and, and so forth. He gave us his armor, but he also has other things for us to remember in our, uh, in our lives. We're not here alone, okay? God tells us that while he has given us the weapons and the armor, the battle belongs to him. Just remember, keep that in your mind. The battle belongs to the Lord. The battle belongs to the Lord, okay? And with that, why don't we go to Second Chronicles Second uh, Chronicles twenty. Second Chronicles twenty. Okay. Let's give you a moment to get there. Praise the living God. Second Chronicles twenty, and we're going to start with verse number one. 
And it came to pass, I ended before I get this, I said that the battle belongs to the Lord. Let's see what scripture says. And it came to pass after this also, that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, and with them other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Okay, so now these people are coming against King Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be, they be in Hezatatamah, which is in Gedai. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaim the fast throughout Judah. Okay, so right away now he was told that these people are coming against him. And it said that he became fearful. And what did he do when that fear set in? He sought the Lord. He went after, he went to the Lord looking for help. Okay, so we must remember to do. Okay. We don't have armies like this coming against us, thank God. We have things in our lives that pop up, be it something involved with work, or maybe it may be some, some people at work maybe won't, won't want to replace you or whatever is going on. Or, or in school, there could be some issues that are going on. And these things come against you. Okay? And you start feeling fearful because of what is about to happen to you. Also, you start thinking to you, what's going to happen? What's going to come to pass? When those thoughts and when those fears come upon us, first of all, we recognize right away, this is the devil trying to instill, instill fear in your life. And right away, we have to make sure we run to the Lord. Okay? We need to take our fears and concerns to the Lord. Okay? So it continues here in verse number four. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord, to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court and said, O Lord, God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? Okay, aren't you God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? Okay, God, you're in charge and you rule over the heathen also. And in thy hand in there is there not power and might so that none is with able to stand thee? Okay, this is what he's saying to God. Aren't you the most powerful and no one can stand against you? Verse 7. Art not thou our God who did drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil come upon us as the sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, uh, then uh, thou wilt hear and help. And now behold, the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom thou would not let Israel invade, you wouldn't let us invade, when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not, we didn't destroy them. Behold, I say, how they reward us to come cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. Okay, so what, what he's saying is, is that, aren't you the most powerful God? Okay, and didn't you bring us into this land? And while we're bringing into this land, when these people were here, we did not attack them. Okay, we did not try to do any harm. But now all of a sudden, look what they're trying to do to us. Look what they are trying to do. They are coming against us. And again, this parallels many things that happens in our lives because there may be some people that you've dealt with, maybe some people on your job in school, in your community, or in your family, where when you had good reason even to come against them, you didn't. You showed them mercy. You showed them kindness. And now all of a sudden these people, you know, have turned, have turned on you. You know, and we see this in our lives. Okay, we've certainly all been there. You know, in, in many shapes, fashions, and forms. Uh, you, we haven't had armies turn, armies of people turn against us. But I'm sure many of you out there have been in situations where you've been kind to someone, you treated them nicely, and then all of a sudden, you know, what do they do? They turn around and now they're treating you poorly. Okay, 
So, so he's saying here, why? What is going on? Aren't you the God of heaven? Aren't you the most powerful God? You know, what is going on? These people, now they're coming down on me and we did them no wrong. We even showed them kindness. We did not attack them, but now they're coming down on, on, on us. This is what Josephat is, is saying to God. Okay. Then it says here in verse number 12, um, oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? Will you not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Okay, all right. So when these things are happening in our lives, many times we say, Lord, aren't you going to take care of them? You, you, you know, why is this going on in my life? Lord, can't you deal with the situation? You see how they're coming against me, Lord? Lord, Lord what are you going to do? What can I do? Okay, neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. So they're saying that we don't know what to do, Lord, so we're upon you. When you've got a situation in your life, and if you feel that things, things, people, circumstances are just are just coming against you, where you're feeling like you're being overwhelmed, that's when you need to turn to God and say, Lord, I come to you because I do not know what to do. Lord, I seek your face. Okay, okay. Stop trying to figure it out for yourself because if you look at the odds that are against you, the numbers that were against them were much greater than they. You may feel that the odds that, that are against you, whatever those circumstances might be right now, those odds that are against you are greater than you, and you, you just don't know what to do. Take it to the Lord. Take it to God. Okay? Take it to God. And say, Lord, what do I do? So-and-so is coming against me. They're making decisions against me. Oh, this is going on. This is going on. Lord, I just don't know what to do. Lord, show me. Show me. It continues on and says there, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. Okay? They cried out, then the spirit of the Lord came in the midst of the congregation. Okay? Again, I remind you, this is Old Testament. This is before Jesus Christ. This is before the crucifixion and the resurrection. This is before Acts chapter 2 where the Holy Spirit was poured out upon all of us that are believers. This is before that. So at this point in time, Holy Spirit only came upon those that God chose. Okay? Holy Spirit was not available to everyone that was a believer back here. So at this particular time, God poured out his spirit, poured out his spirit, poured out his spirit upon Jehaziel. Okay, upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaniah, the son of Jael, the son of Metaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. So in front of their eyes, the Holy Spirit came upon Jehaziel. And he said, hearken ye, this is Jehaziel, by way of the Holy Spirit. Hearken ye, all Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou, King Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat thus saith the Lord unto you. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. The battle is not yours, but God's. Be not afraid. Don't you be dismayed for what is coming against you. Okay? Do not be afraid nor dismayed. Do not be so overwhelmed that you can't function for whatever may be going on in your life. If everything is going well now, that's fine, that's well and good. But if and when something does come upon you, do not become afraid. Do not be dismayed. Do not feel overwhelmed. 
Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude. Do not be dismayed or, made or afraid of, of, of the multitude of the issues that may come against you. And there may not be many, many separate issues, but there may be one great issue, if you will, that feels like a multitude that may come against you. But God is saying through this scripture here today, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Just do not be so shaken up that you just don't know what to do and you can't function. It says, for the battle is not yours. You don't have to wrestle with the problem. Okay? Whoever they are, whatever it is, the circumstances, whoever they may be, okay, the fight against them, the conflict that you feel against them, what is, what, you know, don't, don't bump your head against the wall because the battle is not yours. The battle is God's. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. So while God has given us the weapons of warfare, he's given us his armor. In using that armor, we have to make sure that we remember that the battle, the battle is not ours, it's God's. And who is more capable of carrying out and executing a plan, a battle, to remove those forces of darkness that may be coming against you, or that might come against you? Who is more equipped, you or God? Amen. The battle is not yours, but God's. He continues here in verse number 16. Now, the prophet is still speaking here. The Holy Spirit is still speaking through the prophet. Tomorrow, go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Okay, now, God is giving the plan. Okay? When God says to you, do not be dismayed or, or afraid, the battle is not yours, but it's mine, God is saying to you today. He'll give you the plan. He'll tell you what to do. I remember he's saying, the battle is not, not yours, but mine, God says. So God will give you his plan for how you should carry out your life, how you should carry out your actions, what you should say, what you should do, who you should call if necessary, who you should write if necessary, who you should go and meet if necessary. Whatever that plan is, God will tell you what to do. The battle is not yours. It's his. So stop banging your head against the wall. Stop worrying. Stop losing sleep about how you are going to overcome whatever that thing is that's going on in your life. You know, And we all have issues that pop up from time to time. And sometimes those issues, which uh, to some may seem minuscule, when you have that issue, when you have that issue, it's not so minuscule. Okay? All right? Again, I say, if your life is going fine right now, praise God. Praise God. I praise God. I praise God for you. But we all live in this battle. And from time to time, these things will arise. And if and when they do arise in your life, we just have to remember right away, right away, run to the Lord. Seek his face. Seek his face. Because the battle is not yours. You do not have to struggle with anything that comes into your life. Absolutely nothing. Zippo. You do not have to struggle with anything that comes into your life. Okay? The battle is not yours. It's God's. When you get to that point, you can say, okay, Lord, what do I do? God will then give you instructions. And again, he says here, tomorrow go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and you shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of, Jer of Jer Jeruel. Okay? Then he says in 17, you shall need, not need to fight in this battle. Underline that if you have a marker in your Bible. You shall not need to fight in this battle. And I say that to you today. You don't need to fight in this battle. Okay? God is preparing you now. Okay? If you've got something going on, again, I say, remember, you don't have to fight in this battle. If something comes down the pike after this message, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, you remember, you do not have to fight in this battle. Okay? He says, you shall not need to fight in this battle, battle verse 17. Set yourselves, stand ye still. Underline, please. Set yourselves, stand ye still, 
and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Amen, amen, and amen. Underline that, please. The Lord will be with you. He says to stand still. Remember, remember, remember what the scripture said, even talking about the armor? You know, giving that so that you can stand. You know, stand still. You know, stand means that you have your feet firmly planted on the ground. Okay? Standing still means that I am, my feet are firmly planted. I am not going to be moved. Satan, whatever you try to throw at me in the name of Jesus, I am not going to be moved. I will stand still with my feet firmly planted. Amen? 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 And that, that is written so many times in Scripture here. And, you know, because when, when the waves of adversity come against us in life, Many times we forget who we are in Christ Jesus, you know, and we wind up folding. We get weak need and we, get, we start worrying and we start losing sleep, you know, instead of standing still and remembering that I am a child of God and in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I will stand. I rebuke you, spirit of so-and-so. I rebuke you, spirit of this. I rebuke you, spirit of this in the name of Jesus. And you stand and you be still. Being still means that you're not running around like a chicken in the, in, in the barnyard without his head. You're not running around helter-skelter trying to figure out what to do. Stand and be still. Okay. Moses said that also to Israel at the Red Sea there. Be still and observe. You shall see Egypt no more. Okay, so stand and be still and, and see the salvation of the Lord. So in standing and be still, that means that, 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 that you're a spectator. You are an observer. You're standing and you're being still and you're watching and you're watching what God is doing. You're watching how God just takes control of the situation, guides you if you need to be guided. But in the meantime, you just stand still and you observe what, what, what God is doing in your life. Because the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to God. Amen. Amen. So fret not. Fear not. For the Lord will be with you. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. If you're watching this message on a Sunday and the next day is Monday and you've got something going on and that you're not looking forward to, that you're worried about, or if this is a day in the week, you know, and tomorrow you have something coming down that you have to have to address, things that are coming against you, stand still, okay, and go out there and, and, and just be prepared. Stand still and watch for God will be with you tomorrow. God will be with you. All right, all right, all right. God will be, and he will guide you. It says there, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be, out, be with you. So I say to you right now, if you've got something on your plate, something that is coming at you, and tomorrow is when you have to make a decision about something or some, some action is going to take place, don't worry about it because God is going to be with you. God is going to be with you. He has said that in his word. That means that it is real. It is true. It goes on in verse number 18 and says, And Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Okay? They right away, what did they do? They, they started worshiping God. And the Levites of the children of the Kohathites and of the children of the Korites stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. Okay? Now God gave them the prophecy, gave them some marching orders, gave them instructions, and now what they're doing, they're praising God. That's what we need to all to, to do also. 
when God gives us some direction, you know, especially he's giving you some direction for a problem in your life and he's telling you he's going to take care of it. You need to spend some time and start praising God for giving you, giving you the insights, for giving you the, the, the battle plans, if you will, for reminding you that you do not have to do anything but remember who he is and that the battle belongs to him. Okay, the battle is not yours. You don't have to be fighting in this life by yourself. The battle belongs to God. Amen. So they were praising it. We need to be praising also. Verse number 20 says, And they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God. Okay. So I say that to you today. Believe in the Lord your God. If God says that he is with you and he's going to be with you tomorrow morning or whenever this, this thing is, is coming down, you know, according to God's plan, if God said that he's going to be with you, that means that he's going to be with you. So you need to believe that with every single fiber of your being, believe that God is going to be with you. Believe in your God, so shall you be established. Believe his prophets, so shall you prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, verse 21, and when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, that should praise the beauty of the holiness as they went out before the army and to say, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, don't you find it interesting there? Okay. It doesn't mention anything about them taking, you know, bow and arrows and spears and javelins and things like that. Okay. He said, you, he appointed singers and he told them, praise the beauty of his holiness. Okay. So that's something that we have to always remember. One of our most powerful weapons is also praising God. Praising God, praising God. Praise God before you go into this battle. Praise God before you go into the situation. Praise God before you start going into the meeting that you're so worried about. Praise God before you have to, to, to gather before these people or whatever it is that's going on in your life. If it's family members that you're going to be around and you really are kind of dreading going around them for whatever the reasons, whatever things are happening in the family at the time, you know, Praise God, you know, sing praise him. We all know good Christian music. Sing to yourself, sing to him, sing to him. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, okay? Praising is a very important part of our Christian lives, a very important part. We have to remember who God is, you know? Did you ever stop to think that if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be here listening to this message? Amen, amen. You wouldn't be able to be taking in a breath to be listening to this message, amen, amen. You have a roof over your head, you have food on the table, you have so many things to be thankful for. You have a family, so many things that you have to be thankful for. Remember to just praise God, and especially when things are not going well in our lives, this is where we need to really, really consider and get down to praising God. Again, it says here that they appointed singers that should praise the beauty of His holiness, and they went out before the army. They went out in front of the army. The other time this happened too, if you remember, in the Battle of Jericho. Okay, the Battle of Jericho. And they were told to march around the city seven times and so forth. Remember, it says that the singers and the trumpeters, and that they went before the army. Okay, so praising is so important to pave the way for what God wants us to do and for what God is about to do. Okay, so it says that, that, that uh, praise God for his mercy endures forever. And, and God's mercy does endure forever. We trip up and we stumble so many times in lives, even as Christians, you know, just because you're born again, you know, don't think that you are so holy than that that you won't trip up and stumble. We all do. But God would make provision for that too. The word, the word of God says that if we're faithful, you know, if we are, uh, can confess and repent of the sin that we committed, that he's faithful to forgive, you know. But, but it says that his mercy endures forever. It doesn't, it doesn't give us license to just go and continue sinning willy-nilly, okay, either. And, you know, I'm not getting into this thing where uh, 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 
some believe that because of grace, you can just sin unlimited. No, 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 no. Because every time you sin and you don't repent, every time you, you sin, you open the door to the devil. That's giving foot foot over the place to the devil. So you don't want to get into that 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 thing, that, that belief there. Okay, but God's mercy, according to Scripture, have mercy endures forever. Verse 22. And when they began to sing and to praise, when they began to sing and to praise, when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Okay, okay. So the praising that they were doing, it, it sort of, if you will, it activated things. This is where God's plan started going into action here. And all he had to do was to stand still. You know? Now, if you can imagine this, it says that the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, which would come against Judah, and they were smitten. The children, For the children of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, utterly to slay and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, everyone helped to destroy another. So in other words, as God had said, they were to stand still. To stand firm and be still and just observe, in essence. God worked out the ambush so that they wound up fighting amongst themselves and against themselves. And they destroyed one another. Okay? Okay? So instead of them coming after Judah, they attacked each other and destroyed themselves. God has said, you shall not have to fight in this battle. Remember God told them that? You shall not have to fight in this battle. Okay? So stand and be still and observe what God is going to do. Same thing that's going on in your life. If you have others that are coming against you right now, just stand and be still. God's going to cause confusion among them. If there's a group of them, if there are several people involved or whatever it might be, or the circumstances themselves, the circumstances will destroy itself. It'll turn in and collapse in on itself. Okay? And I don't have time to go into the detail now, but I can tell you several times in my life where that exact, exactly happened, where I stood and watched someone get so confused in what they were saying that they destroyed their own, their own facts, destroyed their own so-called facts. Okay? All right? So, 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 so they turned against each other and killed them. God said, stand still and just watch. The battle is not yours. You will not have to fight in this battle. I say you will not have to fight in whatever battle is in your life right now. You will not have to fight in it. Okay, God will take care of what's going on. You just remember to stand still, have faith, do not be dismayed, do not fear, do not worry, and continue to praise God, praise Him, praise Him, praise Him unceasingly. Okay, remember that. We have so much to be thankful for. The fact that He's God, we have to be thankful for that. I mean, thank God He is God. <laughs> you know, praise God. You know, you know, so, so it says here that, that they went on and they destroyed one another. Verse 24 goes on to say, And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen to the earth, and not a state escaped. They looked off the top of the wall, looked out at the field there, and they saw that they all were destroyed. The very group of people that came against them that they were so fearful of, that they were coming to destroy them. They looked out there and they were, and they were all destroyed. Okay? At the point in time in your life where God is taking care of those that are coming against you, you will be able to stand back and observe and see that they were indeed removed. The circumstances were indeed removed, and you will be able to observe that. God does things in our lives, you know, and, and many times uh, uh, there, 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 are, there are times where you may not see the outcomes exactly how it played out. All you will know is the result 
and the result is that you benefited, that you came out on top. But you may not know the, the nitty-gritty details. Sometimes Holy Spirit will reveal to you in, in some time past, sometimes God will go a month, a week, two weeks, maybe even years, and God may open your eyes to see exactly what transpired to get you out of that mess. But in the meantime, God simply removes us out of a mess and does not even show us the battlefield that was left. In this particular case, they saw the battlefield. Okay? Okay. All right, all right. But when God does reveal the battlefield, so to speak, that went on to, to, to bring you out of the situation and to make you rise to the top, when you see what God did, that will put you in further awe of him. That will bring you more deeply in love with him. When you see the lengths that God went to, to, to remove those that were coming against you, to remove the situations that were holding you back, to remove anything that was giving you pain or fear or anxiety. When you see what God did, what God did that will just make you fall, fall more deeply in love with him. That he loves you so much. And he will look, you will look back on that time and you'll say, well, gee whiz, all I did was so-and-so. Oh, I didn't do anything at all. Because God had said simply to be still. The battle was not yours. And God took care of that battle in your life and brought you out of it and exalted you and lifted you up. Okay? If that hasn't happened, it will happen if you continue loving God. Continue doing what God wants us to do in our lives. Continue doing that. And those battles that will come your way, all you need to do is to simply stand still and watch what he'll do. Okay? And it says there um, in verse number 25, when, Jehosh when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And they were there three days in gathering up the spoil. It was so much. Okay? Not only did God remove them, but God also gave them, they, benefit, they benefited by what was left behind. Okay. They were able to gather from those riches. When God takes you out of a battle, when God takes you out of a situation, many times, many times, what is left behind, what God has intended for you to have, you will have and you will extremely prosper from the situation. Okay. So stop feeling that you're so lost. You know, stop feeling that, that, that the, the circumstances are just so mounted up against you that you can't win. Again, the battle is not yours. The battle belongs to God. Amen. Amen. It goes on to say here, and on the fourth day, uh, they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka, for there they blessed the Lord. Therefore, the name of the same place was called the valley of Baraka unto this day. Then they, uh, then they returned, every man of Judah and Jerusalem, and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them, to go again to Jerusalem with joy, for the Lord hath made them to rejoice over their enemies. Okay? You will rejoice over whatever the situation was or those that came against you. You'll rejoice. Because not only were they, were they defeated, but you benefited. You benefited from the destruction of that plan that was working against you. Amen, amen. And it says that, that they came back and, and that they rejoiced. The Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. Verse 28 says, And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. The Lord, underline that, the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. Okay, And you see there where it says that... Um, in 28, they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets into the house of the Lord. They went to church, if you will. Okay? They celebrated and they praised God. And we must remember that also. 
when God brings us through a battle and God brings us to a place of, 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 of victory, we need to make sure that we are praising him and worshiping him and giving it back to him. All right. Okay. We have to remember that at all times. Our God is an awesome God. And at the time that this thing is happening in our lives, we feel so nervous and we're so afraid. Okay. And then we have to remember that God said, stand and be still. The battle is not yours. But at the time that we're feeling afraid, we forget who God is. And God's going to deliver you from whatever you're wrestling with now. Do not forget to praise him. When you are delivered, when your situation is better, when things have changed, do not forget to praise him and thank him and worship him. Amen? Because the Lord fought against your enemies. Rest assured that if you're going to stand and be still and watch what he does, okay, and realize that the battle is not yours, the battle is God's. Remember that God fought for you and brought you out of that mess. Don't ever forget it. Verse 30, so the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest round about it. And Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 30 and 5 years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 20 and 5 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shimri. And he walked in the way of, of uh, Asa, his father, and departed not from it, doing that which was right in the sight, in the sight of the Lord. Amen. 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 So here's a mighty, a powerful story here that we need to remember. Amen. Amen. That God is the one that is always in charge. You know, I heard a wonderful story uh, about a father who was playing with his son. And he said they were playing rock, paper, scissors. And uh, uh, they were playing round after round after round, you know, and the score was tied. You know, rock, paper, scissors, right? And the score was tied. Okay, so they, they both smiled with anticipation and they had one last shoot, one last shot of rock, paper, scissors. Okay, but the father said, but what he was not prepared for, that the boy, what the boy was about to do, when he called out rock, paper, scissor, and he laid out his hand as paper, but the boy instead spread out his arms wide and yelled, God. Okay, so he, he went rock, paper, scissor, he held out paper, the little boy held out his arms and said, God. Okay, so God, in other words, could defeat all three of those rock, paper, or scissor. Amen. Amen. So that's an interesting little story there because the boy, the boy there realized that God is indeed the most powerful. You know, remember David and Goliath. Goliath came with the sword. David came in the name of the Lord. Remember what he told him? I come in the name of the Lord. Okay. And he told him that you to this day, you know, you shall feed you to the fowls of the air and so on. But you shall remember that I come in the name of the Lord. God tells us to fight the good fight of faith, to lay hold on to eternal life. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, 2 Corinthians 10.4. Satan knows that God is the most powerful being in the universe, and the Holy Spirit is available to every Christian at any time, any time in our life. The Holy Spirit is available to us. Satan tries to discourage us with attitudes opposed to God's way, but Holy Spirit is identified with the three most positive attributes, power, love, and a sound mind. 2, 2 Timothy 1, 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So depression, defeat, and despair do not come from God or the Spirit of God. These are thought bombs. These are thought bombs from Satan that he uses to, 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 to land too close to us sometimes for comfort. Okay? He uses these thought bombs. We don't need to accept them. The battle lines are being drawn, but don't you ever forget that the battle belongs to the Lord. Amen. Amen. During the battle, but don't remember, the battle belongs to the Lord. 
Amen. Amen. So I pray that as you go through the balance of the day and the week ahead and you think on these things, that if you do have an issue right now that's coming come against you and this really has you fearful, remember to just first of all take it to the Lord, you know, and give it to Him. And then spend some time in praising him, praising him, praising him. And once you've given him the situation, given, given him the issue, he knows your situation, but what he is waiting for you to do is to give it to him. He knows the situation. God is aware of everything that happens in this universe. So he is surely aware of what's happening in your life. But he may be waiting for you to bring it to him and to give it to him. And then for you to sit back and remember that the battle is not mine. The battle belongs to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Hope this message has been a blessing to you. And if it has, give the uh, link to where we can be reached at www.genesis1.sermon.net. Genesis1.sermon.net. And uh, if you look at the top of the page, you'll see a subscribe button. Click on that subscribe button. You'll be automatically notified when these uh, messages are available. Uh, we're also on YouTube, Genesis One Christian Ministries. Uh, we still have our free apps, free of charge, uh, for the Google Google Play Store and the Apple Play Store, Android and Apple devices. You know. And by the way, you can download these messages both in audio or video form, audio only or video format. Uh, download them free of charge. No charge for you to play them back in your car or to to search and send to someone else that you know, someone that you love. Amen, amen. And uh, and just remember that we're, we're here to serve you. We're here to serve you. And uh, come back again. Praise the Lord. Remember that Jesus is indeed all that you need. He's all that you need. Amen, amen. So go to him, run to him, and stand back and let the Lord work mightily in your life. You'll see so many changes, so many changes. If you just take it away from yourself and give it away from yourself and give it to God where it belongs. Amen. Amen. Why don't we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time that we've had with you, O oh Lord God. And we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that as we go through the balance of the day and the week ahead of us, that we shall remember these words, O oh Lord God, and remember to bring all of our concerns to you, O oh Lord God, to give to you those issues of life, O oh Lord God, that may be troubling us, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray that we shall always remember that the battle is not ours, but that the battle belongs to you. And we know that you are very, very capable in fighting those battles for us, O oh Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We praise you. We magnify that most glorious name in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. Go forth and be blessed. Have a wondrous week ahead of you. Come back again next time. And remember always that Jesus is Lord. And I sing praises to you.